The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today on this slippery, icy day. Hopefully you chiseled your car out this morning and were able to get to work and get to where you're going. Of course, it's just uh, one of those days that we get in February here in Michigan. Well, coming up on today's program, which is a little bit delayed, by the way, and I want to apologize for that, but, uh, you know, I had to watch the funeral for John Dinkle today. Very dignified ceremony. I thought a fantastic job was done. A great speech by Joe Biden there today. And a number of people who were supposed to be there couldn't make it because their plane was not allowed to land in Detroit because of the conditions today. So I have a feeling that a lot of the people from Congress that were going to be at today's service are actually going to be at the service in Washington tomorrow as he is laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery. All right, coming up on today's program, tonight will be the first State of the State address by newly elected Governor Gretchen Whitmer. This is going to be an interesting speech. We'll talk a little bit about what she's expected to say. And also, I've been getting your thoughts on Facebook all day, and I'll relay some of the things that you think that she should be addressing that maybe she's not going to tonight, but maybe we'll get a glimpse into some of those things. We'll get into that. Also, Wayne County Treasurer Eric Sabri finds himself in a bit of a pickle today. And that, of course, it was discovered that his family purchased a bunch of properties through the county auction, which is a no-no. We'll talk a bit more about that as well. That's all coming up on the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thank you for being with me, and please stick around. Hey, everybody, I'm Craig. Thanks for joining me for the show today. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. So glad that you've chosen to listen. And if you are new to the program, welcome. If you've been listening since I got started over here at Deadline, thank you very much. And if you were listening before that, well, a really big thank you as well. But I do appreciate all the support that we're getting. The numbers are going in the right direction, and uh, that's a good thing. All right, tonight, Governor Whitmer is going to deliver her first State of the State address, and we have some glimpses as to what she's going to be talking about in tonight's address. One of the things she definitely wants to talk about is the state of state government what it's like for employees working in the various departments, what sort of challenges they face on a day-to-day basis, what the morale of these departments is like, what they need to do to improve it, what they're going to be dealing with when it comes to retirement soon. There's a number of people that are going to be retiring from state government over the course of the next few years, will be eligible for it, and we don't have a lot of people ready to replace them. So we're going to talk about that tonight in that speech, and that's something that we'll be watching State of the state addresses are interesting, though. Just like the State of the Union, you need to be careful that you're not painting too difficult a picture or basically suggesting that all is is amiss. Now, you may recall the first speech that uh, President Trump gave. Of course, his inaugural address was one about real deep problems that we had. And a lot of people were criticizing the president at the time, suggesting that the speech was a downer and that it really was painting uh, an inaccurate picture of just how bad things are in the country. So you don't want to necessarily repeat that. You can't be too rosy and too optimistic in, in your portrayal of what's going on here in the state. You do need a realistic assessment of where things stand. But I'm hoping that Governor Whitmer doesn't spend too much time talking about what's wrong here, but instead starts laying out a vision for the things that she does intend to tackle. And if indeed revamping state government is something that needs to happen, well, great. I think that's an important goal. But it isn't necessarily what she ran on. Now, I'm reminded of, uh, of the speech 
in one of the Harry Potter movies when the new uh, headmaster came to the school, Dolores Umbridge, I believe was her name, and she said, things at Hogwarts are far worse than I had feared. Well, you don't necessarily want to have that speech because there are a whole lot of state workers out there that are working their butts off every day in these various departments that are trying to get things done. Yes, maybe they've got outdated equipment. There have been some inconsistent direction from the top for the last several years. You've got shifting administrations, shifting priorities, job titles change, department names change. We've seen this time and time again. And nobody likes being passed around like a hot potato. And that's what a lot of these employees have been dealing with. So if she's got concrete plans on how she's going to address it, I think that's fine to unveil it. But she didn't run on that. She ran on fixing the damn roads. We know that much. And we need to hear some concrete plans on how she wants to get that done, especially dealing with what we've been dealing with the last few days with this freeze-thaw cycle, potholes all over the roads around town, flooded freeways. All of these things are really, really important and something that people want action on. So I decided to find out what it is you wanted to hear her talk about tonight. Now, we know what we're getting. We know a little bit about it, and I'm sure we'll hear some more concrete plans. But I thought that I would go directly to my Facebook fans and see see what you guys suggested. And I want to read some of the responses here, and then I'll get into a little bit more about what I would like to see from the speech tonight in just a bit. But a number of you commented on this, so we will get to this. And, and I just said, hey, who's going to watch tonight? Any thoughts on what you want to hear? Michael came in and said, when does, quote, payback time begin? Well, an interesting point right there. Uh, we've already seen some of that with some of the uh, some of the administrative orders that she has put out there, executive orders that she's put out there in regards to certain departments. And of course, those things will be challenged and we'll see. But she's at least sending a message about what she believes in. Now, Nate says, I would like to talk, hear her talk about the right to opt out of digital electrical meters. Now, if you go into the Facebook thread and read the whole response, call and response that that generated, that's actually quite funny. And uh, Nate you're welcome to spot your opinion on my page anytime. Also, coming up, Megan says, I'm excited to attend for the first time, and I hope for a real plan on how to fund fixes to our roads and transit and other infrastructure, not just one. That's Megan Owens, of course, of Transit Riders United, who apparently is going to the speech tonight, risking, of course, that fun, fun weather to get out there. Kathleen says that she'll undo virtually everything Snidey did, especially right to work. That's what she wants to hear her talk about. And then we have Bill responded to Kathleen's uh, post by saying, that's all politics is nowadays. Just keep undoing, never moving forward. Then we have Brent who says, what we'll do to help Flint or any other communities who are one cost-cutting decision away from lead poisoning. Tim says, simply fix the, oh, you know, yeah, fix the damn roads. Vaughn, Von Derian, my friend, who was with the Oakland County Democratic Party, he says they're having a watch party at Fifth Avenue in Royal Oak tonight. That should be interesting. If you're out in Royal Oak, go to Fifth Avenue, catch up with some Democrats there and see what they've got uh, going on with the speech. He said what he'd like to hear from her is how she plans to keep us updated on the things that her administration is getting done. Cutting through the distractions of everyday life and reaching out to everyday people is going to be a nonstop challenge. Amanda says, I want to hear about how she plans to shut down Line 5, plans for other environmental issues, and plans for our public schools. I don't think Amanda's alone in that. The Line 5 issue was a very, very big one in the campaign. Patrick says, Rhodes. She's been in office a month, ran on fixing the roads, and all she said is, this will take time. That is far from inspiring. Ray says, kill the deal with Nestle. That's what he wants to hear her do. P. 
Pete says, will she blow me away? Nice reference to Jennifer Granholm there, Pete. I appreciate that. Robert says, I want to hear something about film incentives. We came so damn close a few years back. I would be interested to see. I've been hearing some rumblings that there may be some movement on film incentives, but uh, not sure if they're going to come back ever at the level that they were before. CJ simply says, I love hearing her. Timothy says, yeah, I want to hear how she intends to bring the state back to its moderate senses with Detroit and Ann Arbor as key compass points. For example, Detroit's core is basically a privately owned core with attendant businesses pandering to the drones of Generation Avocado Toast who toil in the core. But what about the half million citizens outside that core with poor health, bad schools and cultural pathologies born of systemic racism? Duggan has good ideas about how to grow and connect neighborhoods in the city, potentially creating exchanges and pathways that mitigate class and race disparities. How is Whitmer going to help him? And more importantly, how is she going to tell Betsy DeVos that Jesus wants all of Detroit's students to succeed? Timothy put some thought into that post. Another CJ says, according to the interview in the Freep, the governor is concerned that state workers have low morale and use old computers, and a third of them retire in the next five years. So we can be concerned with that, I guess. Eric says simply, I want to hear her say anything but, baby, it's cold outside. And then Andy says, I wouldn't miss it. It should be interesting. So I appreciate all the comments that came in on the Facebook post tonight. It's a, it's a big deal. So that's always a great thing. Now, again, state of the state addresses, yes, you need to give an assessment of what, what condition the office is in. I get that. What condition the state is in. Um, and you need to be honest about it. But again, she needs to be careful that this doesn't become something that is too downbeat and makes it seem as if this hole is something that we cannot climb out of. Because as somebody who's witnessing some of the changes that are happening in cities around the state, especially a city like Detroit, where we still have challenges, obviously, but tremendous progress is being made in a lot of different facets. It can be done. All of this can be done. Roads can be fixed. Morale can be improved. Processes can be improved. New computers can be purchased. All of these things can be fixed. So yes, you can talk about the state's condition and say it needs a lot of help, but you need to be optimistic in terms of your ability to actually fix the problems. And you also need to strike a tone on the things that can be worked on together and not necessarily going for the most contentious thing right off the bat. Now, roads is not going to be easy. Auto insurance, not going to be easy. I would love some clarity from her on what she wants to do about auto insurance. You know that this is something I care about. This roads plan is not going to be an easy fight. This is something that is going to take a lot of massaging. It's something that's going to bruise a lot of egos. And it's something that's going to require a frank and honest talk about the state's resources. Our infrastructure is not something that we have invested enough in. And roads is just the visible stuff. We know about all the stuff that's underground that we haven't touched in a long time. That comes roaring back to bite us all the time. We need a concrete plan and an honest accounting of how much it's going to cost us to do this and how we intend to raise the money. Now, I'm not expecting all the details in the state of the state address. But she needs to highlight the fact that this is something that we're going to address. In addition, I'm expecting her to actually talk a lot about LGBTQ rights. And I think this is something that we need to address. And it's going to be one of those applause lines where you'll have probably one half of the chamber standing up and applauding and the other one sitting on their hands. But I'll be interested to see what the Republican response is to her call to amend the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. It sends a strong message about Michigan sends a strong message about what we stand for, and, as a lot of people suggest, it is also something that will help us attract talent to the state. The talent gap is something that we need to address here in Michigan. We're still losing 
too many young college graduates to other states. People that go to school here then move to Chicago, New York, San Francisco, wherever. That's something that we need to stop, the so-called brain drain. That's something I think she's going to address tonight as well. But again, these are not insurmountable problems. Things can be fixed. And if she strikes the right balance between a sober assessment of our problems, but also the optimism necessary to make people believe that this is something that can be fixed, it's going to go a long way towards getting people on board with whatever your proposed solutions are down the road. I'm going to be watching tonight. I'm going to have a Facebook thread open just like I did for the State of the Union. I hope you join me tonight. Let me know what you think. And I'm going to spend some time on tomorrow's program with Susan Demas from Michigan Advance talking about what she said in the speech tonight. So we will have a pretty good idea as we watch this about how you're feeling because you'll join me on that thread tonight. And I'm looking forward to it. Again, 7 o'clock sharp is when this address starts. So join me on Facebook. We'll watch it together and uh, we can all talk about what is happening there. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's an important first step. This is a real introduction for a whole lot of people in the state to our new governor. It's an important one. Yes, they may have voted for her. They may have seen her on the campaign trail, but this is our first time to really see her in action as governor, and it's an important time. I hope you take the time to watch it because I want to get a better sense as to where the state is headed. I love Michigan. I don't want to ever leave Michigan. It's important to know what direction we're going in. So we'll find out tonight, and I hope you'll join me. This is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Stay with me. We're going to take a break. When we come back, got to talk a little bit about Eric Sabri, the Wayne County Treasurer, and some problems he's finding himself in right now. That's next. Stay here. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor, and The Trip, wise relationship advice with hosts Megan Slattery and Tracy Evans. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Hey, thanks for checking out the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me on this Tuesday again. Hopefully you're not too soggy out there. It's a it's been a lovely day thus far. I thought I'd spend a little time talking about the news that is coming out today about Wayne County Treasurer Eric Sabri. Now, it's important that I point out that I have done some work with Eric Sabri in the past. Uh, when I was at the Land Bank, the County Treasurer's Office and the Land Bank coordinated on some things. So I have had business dealings with him. I've known him for a little while. But the interesting thing that we're finding out today, though, is that Eric Sabri's wife paid a bunch of money to buy properties from the Wayne County auction. Now, most people would say, what's the big deal? Well, he's the treasurer. He oversees the auction. Family members are not supposed to buy property from the auction. This is a no-no. This is something that we knew when I worked at the land bank. We were not allowed to buy properties that we owned in our auctions or from the land bank in any way, shape, or form. That was a rule that we put out there and just said, look, you can't do this. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that this is something that the treasurer is aware of. He is aware that he's not allowed to buy property from the auction, nor should his family be allowed to buy property from the auction. That's the way it works. However, she's owned a number of houses that she bought from the foreclosure auction and owed back taxes on a number of those properties. The, the back taxes on the properties that they purchased didn't get paid until after a reporter inquired about the properties and the taxes that were owed. 
So we have two different reporters that worked on this one, Jennifer Dixon at the Detroit Free Press and Christine McDonald at the Detroit News. Now, Christine McDonald's report, this is the one that I find problematic here. One of the delinquent properties did not go through the foreclosure process, even though the taxes were three years past due. Houses going to foreclosure. If you owe three years of property taxes, that's when the county will foreclose on your property. There was no deal made on the payments, anything else, but it was kept out of the foreclosure auction. Now that's a problem. That's a real problem. You cannot do that. And if indeed this auction property was pulled from the auction because his family owned it, that is a real abuse of the office and something that could get him in a whole lot of trouble. Even the perception that favorable treatment went to somebody is why they're not allowed to participate in the auction. That's why when I first got to the land bank, I asked for an opinion about whether or not land bank employees could buy property. And the answer was no. And I wanted a clear answer because I knew that people would think that something was rigged. I knew that people would look at it and think that we were dealing ourselves something better than they were getting. That perception is not something that you can have if you want the office to have any credibility. Now, I don't know what should happen to Eric Sabri for this. I'm not sure he should resign necessarily. I don't know. But I have a feeling there's going to be an investigation into this. And his excuse that he doesn't pay attention to his wife's business, I'm not buying that. There's a disclosure form that every government employee has to fill out where you spell out any potential conflicts of interest you have. And if your wife owns a property business that buys and sells properties in Detroit, in in Metro Detroit, in Wayne County, well, that's something that you're supposed to disclose, those property addresses. Put those conflicts out there before you get that job. Talk about them. Find out what's going on. Explain to people. So for him to suggest that he had no idea or even imply that he doesn't, you know, this business is at arm's length. I have nothing to do with it. I don't know what she's up to. That doesn't pass the smell test. Now, I don't have any evidence that he knew. I just don't. But those disclosure forms are serious. They take a long time to fill out. Just about every financial transaction, every business dealing that you do, you have to let people know. So they can look at it and make sure there aren't any conflicts of interest. Now, Eric Sabri told the Detroit Free Press that he understands that people might not look at this favorably. He said, quote, it's hard to avoid the perception of special treatment. Yeah, it really is. You're asking us to not believe what's right in front of our eyes. That never works. So even if he didn't intervene, even if nobody on his staff knew that these properties were supposed to go into foreclosure and took them off, even if it was done by accident, doesn't excuse the fact that it was even possible in the first place. Relatives of the treasurer should not be able to purchase property from the tax auction. Simple as that. It's a violation of the office's own rules and possibly of state law. Now, this is an elected position, so it's not like somebody can just step in and fire him for something like this. He was elected. But I'll tell you what, I'd be asking a lot of questions if I was running against him for the treasurer's job. Now, here's the thing. Not only is there the appearance of a conflict of interest... But it could be trading on inside information. So maybe they had access to these property lists, knew which properties they wanted to buy because they got three pretty good properties in Harper Woods for less, a lot less than the assessed value, which is one of the advantages of buying in the tax foreclosure auction. You get properties pretty darn cheap. But how did they know? How did they know which ones to target? Did they do it like anybody else? It's entirely possible. But again, this conflict of interest is really, really strong. Now, here's the thing. The Sabri family started buying these properties back in 2008. Eric Sabri at that time worked for the county as an attorney who was overseeing real estate transactions in the county. He was an attorney in the treasurer's office. There is no way that he did not know that this is improper. 
Now, granted, his wife's business may be completely separate. Maybe he has nothing to do with it. But again, that is something that he needed to disclose. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Interestingly enough, Sabri says that nothing in the office policy prohibits his wife from bidding at the 2008 auction. He said she knew he knew she was bidding, but he said hindsight is 2020. At the time, I didn't think it was a big deal. It is a big deal. Again, the perception of fairness is critical to successful governance. There's already a lot of heat around the county auctions. Already a lot of people wondering about their motives and what they're doing with this. This just adds more fuel to that fire. And every single time we have a scandal like this, and I don't know if I call this a scandal, but every time we have a problem like this, it weakens people's perception of government. We've got enough of that out there right now. This doesn't help. Do the right thing, Eric. Divest the properties or get out of the office. And certainly don't buy any more properties at the auction. This is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. One last thing that I wanted to get to on today's program is something that I I found in the Detroit News yesterday. And um, as somebody who has had his salary publicly known, I've worked for public entities pretty much most of my career until now. um, And I can confidently tell you that my salary is much lower right now than it was when I was, of course, working either over at the Detroit Land Bank or at WDET. That's okay. We're building something here. And I'm having a lot more fun doing this. But typically, somebody FOIAs this information. The papers love to know how much public officials make. Now, a similar request was sent out, and they were going to put it online, a list of salaries for all the people working in the Michigan House of Representatives. Typically, what that'll say is the name, the position, and the salary. Well, in what they're calling a stylistic change, House Speaker Lee Chatfield decided to leave people's names off of that list. Now, I never liked having my salary out there publicly, but it just was. People knew, that's fine. And then they can make questions, you know, oh, you make how much money and you do what? Whatever. People do that kind of stuff. But that is part of the deal of working in public service, right? If you work for a university, you work for public service, this stuff is public and it needs to be public. And yeah, of course, the newspapers may run a story and and put a list of, of people who works there, how many people are making six figures, how many people are making less, whatever. That's fine. They do that kind of thing. And it goes away in a couple of days. Most people forget about it. But this is the kind of thing. When you decide to do it this way, by taking the names off, all you're doing is asking people to ask you more questions about it and ask why. Now, former Speaker Tom Leonard, also a Republican, the names of the House employees and the members were listed besides their positions and their salaries. Now, the Senate doesn't put their information online. The House does. So I'm going to give them props for that. At least this information is out there. Because again, the state legislature is immune to FOIA, so you can't always get this information. So the House, in a, an attempt at transparency, decided to put the list online. But they took the names off, and they don't have to put them on there. But it just doesn't make any sense as to why you would do that. Just put the information out there. The vast majority of people don't give a damn, and they're not going to give a damn. But they will start giving a damn if it looks like you're hiding something, and you're probably not. A smart person could match up the job titles with uh, the people if they know enough about their House representatives, but most people don't. The fact is, you serve the public the public deserves the right to know how much you're making. Just put it out there. It's not that hard. Fix it. It's not a stylistic change. You did this to save any embarrassment for anybody or to stop anybody asking questions. 
But at the same time, it also does give us a glimpse when you don't have the names on there. You know, who, who's, who's on the friends and family plan? Is anybody on the friends and family plan? We don't know. Put it out there. It's not that hard to do. So hopefully, Speaker Chatfield decides that uh, this is a change that they need to make. So hopefully, transparency wins, and we'll actually see the names attached to those salaries. All right, this has been the Craig Folly Show on a Tuesday. Hopefully, this weather will change for the better in the next couple of days. Remember, we're only a few weeks away from the official start of spring. That should give you a little bit of hope today. Enjoy the state of the state tonight. I will, again, be doing a live uh, a live thread on Facebook for that tonight. Join me. I would love to hear your thoughts on what Governor Whitmer has to say. That's starting right at 7 o'clock. I'll get that thread started a little bit before, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you tonight. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.